On this episode of the podcast, Westover tells the guys how a player with an attitude problem got traded away in his prime and cost a team a title. <gasps> Happens to the best of us. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Wait, why? Any Pittsburgh Steeler. Why is this happening? No, we're talking basketball. Go oh, Cleveland! Oh, okay. Wait, basketball? There are no attitude problems in basketball. Well, not in Pittsburgh, anyway. You're right, not gentlemen. in Pittsburgh. Ooh, silent tears. Recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Weezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Did you forget? Yeah. No. Did you remember? No. I was going to say. You said you had remember. <laughs> I'm going to say that means you forgot at one point. You idiot. But you caught me. <laughs> I was going to say, this is the first week in like three weeks now. We've gone through that and... A smooth run. Got it in one. You know what, guy? Good job. Don't look <laughs> no. at me. It's good job to you. You're the one who's been messing it up. Wait a minute. Let's get into <laughs> Wait, it. <laughs> this week, we are discussing the NBA. Woo! We're talking basketball. And maybe a little bit of Pokemon. Okay, perfect. We're not. I didn't Wait. write anything about Pokemon. Don't offer me these empty promises. Well, if you want to talk about Pokemon, interject something, but it has to be organic. Okay. I'm You'll so never excited. <laughs> Warning to I'm definitely going to notice. <laughs> Warning to any and all Houston. Charmander. <laughs> Wait on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Did I didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, did you say it already? Yeah, if, yeah, maybe already if we were did. talking about the Raptors. <laughs> oh, Warning to any and all Houston Rocket fans. You may want to cover your ears. Or hope that John Wall can find some resemblance of his former glory so he can avoid being the worst team in the West next year. Or just the worst team. Just yeah. period. Uh, if I had to make the change would be worse. I don't know. Either Kings always manage. Kings are one of those mediocre teams that always manage not to be the worst. Worst. Yeah. Like when's the last time they had a top three pick? Like Marvin. Well, Marvin Bagley was fourth overall. When's yeah. the last time the Kings had a top three pick? Yeah. They don't tank quite enough. They're not that. We'll good get at into tanking. it in my dear GM. We'll oh yeah. Westover, take us away. All right. We're taking it back with what I believe is our first returning franchises for at least basketball. Uh, we've got the San Diego Rockets and the Baltimore Bullets, or Ooh. as they're now known, the Houston Rockets nice. with Moses Malone. Does San Diego have like a space station? They made rockets. That's, oh. they, that's why they were called the Rockets. Okay, there you go. And the Washington Wizards, Gilbert Arenas. So, toot toot, they're back. We'll start with the San Diego Rockets in 1968. Wow. Uh, their first year of existence was 1967, and they went 15 and 67. Pretty good. No. No. <laughs> no, actually not true. I think this past year, though, they only won 17 games, so... Hey, they're back to their roots, I guess. Yeah, return to your roots, return to greatness. And it got them the first overall pick in the 1968 draft. And with that pick, they selected 23-year-old college phenom Elvin the Big E Hayes out of Houston College. The Big E. Yes. I like it. Elvin Hayes. 
also named after the nickname came from uh, the Enterprise, actually, like the aircraft carrier. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Star yeah, Trek I was shit, just saying, like like Star Trek. I mean, Star I don't, Trek. I don't know if Star Trek was. I'm oh. sure it existed. Yeah, the USS Enterprise, Captain yeah. Kirk. Picard. Uh, I'm a Picard man myself. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, first, let's talk about Hayes and his resume coming out of college. Hayes just finished an illustrious college career as one of the premier big men after battling out against UCLA and Lou Alcindor. Or, as we Kareem know him, Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. In several Final Four appearances. Uh, Hayes and Alcindor faced off in the first ever nationally televised regular season collegiate basketball game, with UCLA coming into it with a 47-game win streak and the number one team in uh, college, and Hayes and the Houston Cougars were the number two team at 16-0 at that point in the season. Houston. I remember when Houston was... I don't remember, but I remember they... <laughs> you remember, like, like, reading about Houston yeah. being good back and then? UCLA. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because John Wooden yeah. is, like, just a god, man. <laughs> Houston would win the game 71-69 on Hayes' last-second free throws uh, that would bring his total to 39 points and 15 rebounds, while also holding Alcindor to 15 points throughout that game. How embarrassing. Uh, Many argue that uh, Lou was also dealing with an eye injury in that game, so they're like, it's why he didn't play as good, because the next time they played each other... He needs the goggles. I mean, the man does wear goggles. (laughs) Wait, they, they switched? Uh, stat-wise, they switched. Like His they changed their. Switched. They switched teams. <laughs> the next time they played, they, they switched changed... bodies. Freaky Friday. Perfect. Charmander. <laughs> <laughs> they changed defensive strategies, holding uh, Hayes to like a twelve-point game. How embarrassing! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hayes' college career, he would average thirty-one points per game and seventeen point two rebounds per game, Pretty while good. leading his team in points every year. He also set the record for rebounds in a in an NCAA tournament history with 222. He recorded 24 in one game, which is second to Bill Russell's 27 in a single game. Good job, Bill. Yeah. With his departure for, from college, Hayes would be selected first overall by the San Diego Rockets of the NBA and also first overall by the Houston Mavericks of the ABA. Gross. Houston Mavericks. You know what? Bring them back. Just make the two teams into one. With our powers combined. Yeah. With our powers combined, we still can't partner Luka with anyone good. It'd still be mostly Mavericks players. Yeah. Fortunately, Hayes chose to go to sunny San Diego and the Rockets instead of staying home in his college town of Houston and playing for the Mavericks as they would leave Houston after the 68-69 season. Where'd they go? They uh, had the intention of moving to North Carolina and they became the Carolina Cougars until the 73-74 season, which would be their last season there, where they would move again and form... The Spirit of St. Louis. <gasps> the Spirit of St. Louis here. Always comes back to St. Louis. Always comes Always back to St. Louis. St. Louis is the great long-lost city of professional sports. <laughs> professional mismanagement. And they lose all of their professional sports teams. It's because it has the solid bedrock foundation of the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. <laughs> so as we know... Spares St. Louis and the ABA folds, and it turns out to be a good call to go to San Diego for Hayes. 
Uh, when he arrived in San Diego, he would be played at center, unlike in college where he played as a power forward, because they already had John Block playing power forward. What a name. John Block. Block. Really a liability on defense, but yeah. offensively, sound. <laughs> Fundamental. Hayes began his career by leading the league in scoring with 24.8 points per game and fourth in the league in rebounding at 17.1. <sighs> He started at center for the West in the All-Star game his rookie year. Uh, He would set an NBA rookie record for minutes played with 3,695 at an average of 45.1 minutes per game. He was there constantly. He lived on the court. (sighs) But unfortunately, with Hayes still putting up good numbers, the Rockets would end up going 37-45. and Not a great record, but with the NBA being, like, 12 teams at the time, it's enough to make the playoffs. Well, good for them. I think only one team didn't make the playoffs. It's... It's pretty wild. Yeah. No, it's wild also because the difference between, at the same time, basketball and then baseball, where you could be a god team, but... Only, like, three teams made the playoffs. Like, only two teams made (laughs) The playoffs was the World Series. (laughs) Oh, boy. But they would lose in the semifinals to the Atlanta Hawks. Hayes ended up not winning Rookie of the Year, (gasps) uh, even with his numbers, because Wes Unseld, the second overall pick for the Baltimore Bullets, would win Rookie of the Year and also MVP that season. Yeah, Wes Unseld, Hall of Famer. Becoming, uh, actually, I don't, yes, he is. Yeah. He should be. Uh, He's not, I need to. Uh, There's some beef with that write one. Write a strongly worded book. 99% certain he is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Unseld became the second player in NBA history besides Wilt Chamberlain to win Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year. Yeah. And I can't imagine we'll ever see that again. And no. Not in, not in today's league. Like, no. The thing is, statistically, just individual vi- via individual, uh-huh. Hayes had a significantly better season like he had 24.8 points per game Uh i think it was like 16 rebounds per game and he shot a decent percentage but unseld had like almost four assists uh 16 points per game and like 14 rebounds per game at center yeah he's just he's a passable yeah a dominant team player and the baltimore bullets made the playoffs and like won Mm -hmm. their division yeah versus the rockets who were like Squeaked in. Nah, I'm pretty sure nobody can throw a full court pass like Wes Unsell could. Mm-mm. LeBron James? He's bad. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. How could I? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that scrub. <laughs> Hayes would continue to dominate while playing for the San Diego Rockets the next two seasons, averaging over 25 points per game and over 15 rebounds per game throughout both those years. But one player can't do it all. As the Rockets would go 27 and 55 in his oh, second no. year, 40 and 42 in his third year, oh, which hey. is fine, a good improvement. Uh still not a winning season. No, no when they're no. above 500. Thank you. Uh you're not going to get that phone call. All right. Well, I'm headed in for the evening. <laughs> uh another major issue with the team would be lack of continuity in their coaching staff. Because Hayes had a pretty big personality, mm-hmm. uh, and like he was very blunt, was very forward, uh, wasn't gonna play games with that he was kind very of stuff. Power forward. He was a center. I know that. Okay, but joke college. still stands. Thank Joke's, you. Yeah, joke still plays. Charmander. <laughs> uh, 
after Hayes' second season, they would switch coaches from Jack McMahon to Alex Hannum, and Hannum and Hayes reportedly never got along, uh, even while Hayes continued just dominating on the boards and uh, scoring constantly. But <laughs> so he became offensively and and rebounding. Yeah, no, he is a scorer and rebounder. Those are his top two things. Well, you gotta be good. (laughs) He, the story of how he grew up and practiced was that he trained just constantly imagining he was playing against Bill Russell, who was like his idol. Yeah. Um, and he developed his post game based on Russell. So. So it was probably pretty good. It was very good. A volume shooter. But he became more and more disgruntled with the team's lack of winning. Sure. So then before the 1971-72 season, they'd fired Hannum and hired Tex Winter. Beautiful name. Wow. Yeah. What a name. That's an all-time name right there. It's a pretty great name. Unfortunately, well, actually it's a very fitting name because then in June 24th, 1971, so the same offseason they hired Tex Winter, it was announced that the San Diego Rockets had been sold and would be moving to Houston. Uh. Woo! Tex Fitting right in. Tex Winter. Rockets blasting off again. Wow. There it is. That was organic. Thank you. (laughs) I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) This announcement led to a major argument between team management and city officials as to why the team was moving. Both would pass the buck as to, like, (laughs) who's to blame. (laughs) That's an NBA team. Oh, I see. I don't know if you knew that. And at this time, they just won a title. Behind the strong arm of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Woot. Uh, Thomas M. Hamilton, an official and attorney for the team, would blame city manager Walter Hahn and county tax assessor E.C. Williams (laughs) for not providing municipal operation of the arena and also handing the team a tax bill of almost $150,000, saying it had to be paid in five days. Well, Uh, did they pay their taxes? I couldn't find anything saying they didn't. Texas doesn't have taxes. Well, they're in California. There you go. Oh, California has taxes. Yeah, for sure. They have a lot of taxes. <laughs> and that's why they're moving to Texas. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Han would deny these accusations, saying, quoted saying, To say that anybody ran the team out of town is pure hokum. It's a smoke screen for a sale that enabled somebody to make a lot of money in a hurry. Team owner... The Yakuza. Always. It always comes back. I think it's team owner Bob Breitbart, who... <laughs> Bob Breitbart here. <laughs> Bob Breitbart, inventor of the Breitbart. And I'd like to sell you this group of players. His... <laughs> the players themselves. Yeah. <laughs> not the team, not the logo, none of that. Just, here's these players. I all the rights. I wonder if owners feel weird when they trade players for cash considerations. Seems... Seems unwholesome. He said that the tax increase and a June 30th eviction notice for unpaid bills forced his decision to sell the team to the NBA and a group of investors. Investors. Uh, investors. Investor, the newest Pokemon. Vexed investors. <laughs> it's not even his final form. Uh, he ended up selling the team for $5.6 million after purchasing the franchise for only $1.75. Good investment. Uh, neither the head coach Tex uh, Winter or uh, GM of the Ro- or the GM of the Rockets. Where did I write his name down? He Ray, have a name. Ray Harryhausen. Pat- 
Ray Patterson. Uh, knew or knew of the sale at all? Uh, finding out when media reached out to them to ask questions about the sale. So pretty much like when a player finds out they're traded on Twitter, yeah. kind of the same kind of deal. But back in the day. But back in the day, they just get a phone call. What do you know about the sale of the team? Wait, what? <laughs> I haven't even put my house on the market yet. I don't even have a house. <laughs> the city of San Diego was distraught and saddened to see their franchise leave so quickly after arriving. On the other side of the coin, a once miserable Hayes was excited to be returning home to Houston, hey. where he played college and was a hometown hero. Sure. So, in comes Hayes and the now Houston Rockets, coming off their 40-42 and 42 record the season before, ready to start fresh in a new city with a new coach. Hayes would remain a consistent scorer and rebounder, ending that next season with 25.2 points per game, 14.6 rebounds per game. But the Rockets would go 34 and 48, finishing fourth in the Pacific Division, missing the playoffs. Oof. Aww, it's like you almost need to have more than one really good player. Yeah. No. Maybe. Maybe. You said no. I. That sounded like Josh. I think I said it seems it's almost like <laughs> I said you, no to my own. I think I statement. I think I was saying it's almost like you need to have more than one really good player. I think oh, I okay. said that. Yeah. Oh, okay. then I'd agree with you. Okay, sure, sure, sure. But you said no. No. Oh, West oh, over said no. Yeah. I said just no. keep reading. Let's not read yeah. into it. Then, in the 1972 offseason, the Rockets would sign six eleven center from Phoenix. Otto Moore. Uh, Otto Moore was also part of the 1968 draft class, taken sixth by Detroit. Hey, go Pistons! Uh, with uh, Hayes expected to be moved to forward, or just kind of being relegated to backup. Because Hayes was only 6'9", playing center. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that's not atypical at that time. Yeah, it's not out of the norm at this timeline, but... The tall I mean, man. Ben Wallace was only 6'9". Yeah. But they don't make him like Ben Wallace. Nobody no, makes they him. don't. They never did. They made it one time. God was, like, God was like, bless you. You're perfect. You're perfect. And then he walked away. Go fight some people. But, hey. Oh. He only defended the city of Detroit's <laughs> honor. <laughs> Every action he took was justified, albeit sometimes preemptive. Yes. <laughs> So then, after continuous clashing with the coach and concern over team chemistry, the team announced uh, that they would be trading center Elvin Hayes to the Baltimore Bullets for all-star Jack Marin and future considerations. Uh, we don't know what we want yet, but when we figure it out, we'll tell you. That's, a, that's, a set, that's exactly it, though. Yeah. They were like, yeah, it'll probably be like either a draft pick or maybe some cash, maybe a player. We'll figure it out. Future Considerations is my favorite player of all time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, team president Ray Patterson was quoted saying, Coach Tex Winter is a team concept man. We have to fit into that style. I feel we've made a great stride with forward with this trade. <laughs> Got rid of what they perceived was a locker room cancer? He's poison. He's poison. Putrescence. Boo. Boo. Princess Bride references. Jack Marin was a six-year veteran who was the fifth overall pick in 1966 
and had been improving each year coming off his best season averaging 22.3 points per game and he made his first all-star appearance the season before getting traded to the Rockets. So, in his first season with the Rockets, he continued to shoot at his level of consistency, averaging 18.5 points per game, making his second All-Star team. Um, Marin was a small forward who was just a pure spot-up shooter. Cool. Um, the Clay Thompson of his time, mm-hmm. essentially. He was just quoted of, if he was in his spot and just given time to shoot, he, he wouldn't miss. It's over for you. His yeah. spot being five feet from the basket... <laughs> And he needed five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really had to think about it. I am the ball. He shot underhand, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, anything like... He was quoted as, described as like 15-foot shots were just like layups to him. Kind of deal. Mid-range game for days. But unfortunately, the team still wasn't good. What? And they would end the season 33-49. and 49. Oof. Firing coach Tex Winter partway through the season. How? Well, that dare was a mistake. You. Tex yeah. Winter's the future. Uh, when Marin was asked about the team, uh, he said, I really enjoyed playing with the Rockets. We had a good offensive team. We got it up the floor pretty quick, though in a different way from what I'm accustomed to playing in Baltimore. There, we used the outlet pass. The Rockets were more of a. Glass on sale. Yeah. The Rockets were more of a dribble-it-up kind of team. We had great camaraderie on that team. We had struggles and couldn't get over the hump, but a lot of laughter. (laughs) And we made a lot of friends along the way. They had a good time, but they just didn't win. Then, in his second season with the team, Marin suffered a bad ankle injury, but attempted to play through the pain. Uh, His scoring would suffer, as he would average only 10.7 points per game, until February 1st, 1974, Marin would be traded to the Buffalo Braves for Kevin Kunert and Dave Wall. Uh, there, Marin would play as a backup and help Buffalo make the playoffs in his first year there. Nice. Uh, he'd only wa- play one full season in Buffalo before getting traded again to the Chicago Bulls for a first-round pick. Uh, at this point, Marin would be getting... As the years would go on, Marin was getting old, his play was declining in his last few years, and he would retire in Chicago in 1977. Cool. So the Rockets traded for Jack Marin and got a season and a half. Perfect. Guess what you want. But what about the future considerations? Oh, nothing came out of it. Oh. It ended up just getting dropped. They it just became a straight one-for-one one trade. They couldn't oh. make up their mind. They're like, you know what? Nothing sounds good. <laughs> that sounds great. You no, know, I'm not really in the mood for anything right now. Mm-hmm. Thanks, so. though. <laughs> now, Hayes and his arrival to Baltimore found himself changing position from the center spot anyway, since it was being taken up by all-star Wes Enseld. Uh, Wes and the Bullets had been a good team since uh, he'd entered the league, but they kept getting bounced from the playoffs by the Knicks like oh, five times. Knickerbockers. Uh, they reached the playoffs once in 1971, where they lost to Kareem and the Bucks. Mm. Uh, the team was good, but they needed just one more piece to push them over the edge. Uh, Enseld was a prolific defensive force and a great passer, and Bullets head coach Gene Shu saw the scoring potential of Hayes to be paired with the abilities of Unseld, and he moved Hayes to power forward. Perfect. Where he should be. Exactly where he should be. And when it came to Hayes' attitude issues and off-the-court concerns, 
it became a non-issue, like, instantly. Hayes fell in line, fell right in with team chemistry. Yeah, it turns out people like winning and are disgruntled when they play for losing teams year after year after year. That you, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. With a focus on Hayes' scoring and rebounding, the team would go 52-30, and 30, yep. taking first in their division in Beautiful. his first year there. He'd average 21.2 points per game, leading the team to the playoffs where they once again met the Knicks. No! Oh, and no, got, don't tell me. They got bounced. No! How dare you! Damn you, Knicks! <laughs> then in 1973, the Baltimore Bullets announced they'd be moving. No! Fortu- where? Fortunately, unlike... Somewhere with more crime. <laughs> <laughs> unlike the move of San Diego to Houston... This move was just 30 miles down the road to Landover, a D.C. suburb where they would be called the Capital Bullets. Uh, for one year. Yeah. For one year. <laughs> uh, caught up with it in the right And they were like, wrong. you know what, let's change that name to the Washington Bullets. Which is where they would remain. Uh, they'd play intermittent home games in Baltimore throughout the 80s and 90s, just as like a fun, fun little bit. But uh, the 73-74 season, the Bullets would change coaches, bringing in Casey Jones. They'd win the division again. Hayes would still average above 20 points per game. Put up his best year on the boards, rebounding a lead best of 18.1. Winning his first of two straight years of making the All-NBA defensive second team. Nice. Uh, But, once again, make the playoffs, win their division, meet the Knicks in the first round. No. And lose. Knicks are really good. Well, they were. This is during, like, Walt Frazier, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, 74-75, the Bullets were tied with the Celtics for the best record in the league. They had, like, 60 wins. Cool. Uh, Hayes made his first All-NBA first team, and it seems they were destined for their first title as they cruised through the playoffs, beating Buffalo and Boston easily to get to the finals. Where they met the underdog Golden State Warriors. It's over for you. And the Al Atlas-led Warriors, or Atles? No idea. Atlas. Uh, upset the Bullets and swept them in four. Yep. That's how we do. No big deal. How embarrassing. <laughs> the next two seasons, uh, the Bullets would stumble, placing second in their division, and not making it past the semifinals of the playoffs. And this time it started to expand... And more teams were getting in, uh-huh. so there was like that first round of best of three, and then yeah. the semifinals Seven. and so all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, they'd fire Casey Jones and bring in Dick Mata before nice. the 76-77 season. Uh, still getting bounced yep. in the playoffs again. Someday they'll break through. Probably not. Aww. Then comes the 77-78 season. The Bullets would go 44-38 and 38 in the regular season and labeled as long shots to win the championship. See, that's when you win it all. It's when there's no expectations on you. <laughs> the pressure is just too much. The New York Giant method. Mm. <laughs> Eli Manning's whole life. <laughs> the Bullets would sweep the Hawks in the first round 2 to nothing, and then during the series with the Spurs, which is weird because the Spurs are in the East right now. Gross. Yeah. Uh, in the next round, Spurs journalist Dan Cook, who uh, apparently popularized the phrase uh, the opera ain't over until the fat lady sings, like he coined it in sports terms. Chris. Uh, but he used it in a description of the series between the Spurs and the Bullets, and it became a rallying cry used by Dick Mata. Okay. 
and it seemed to work as they would make their first finals appearance since 1971. Nice. Well, you know what? Good for him. Matched up against the Seattle Supersonics. May they rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, the series against the Sonics would go seven games, with Game 7 being in Seattle. And the Bullets would become the third team to win an away game in Game 7 of the finals, uh, out of like 12 Game 7s that had happened in this time. Hayes would average 21.8 points per game in the playoffs, and this would be the first championship for a Washington franchise in 36 years. They did it. They did it. They did it. The next season, the Bullets would return to the finals uh, with a rematch against the Seattle Sonics, Supersonics, which they would lose in a gentleman's sweep of one to win to four losses. Uh, critics would blame Hayes for the team's underperformance sure. and missed titles. Uh, while his personal stats were still good, averaging like 23 points and above uh, the year after the finals loss in 79. But as we got in, get into the 80s, it became evident that Unseld and Hayes' careers were winding down. Bro, both were in their mid-30s, yep. and while their play was good, it was clearly declining. The 80-81 season became the first season in Hayes' career where he was not voted to the All-Star team. Yeah, there's a lot of really good players coming along right around this time, so... I don't believe surprising. it. <laughs> it ended a 12-year streak that started at the beginning of Hayes' career. Yep. Uh, following that season, Hayes expressed a desire to return to Houston, and his wish was granted, as he'd be traded back for two second-round picks. Ah, oh, that's all he's worth now? That's kind of sad. Hayes was 36, and was the oldest player in the league at Whoa, this time. Sheesh. Uh, he would play for Houston for three more years, only missing two games in those years. Now that's impressive. Uh, Hayes would play as a role player and a backup. Uh, ended up playing with uh, Moses Simone for a hot second there. Yeah. Uh, and then after the 83-84 season, he would announce his retirement. He ended up like finishing his college degrees after that. And he nice. quoted saying, This is the hardest thing I've done. <laughs> Um, Stay in school, kids. Hayes' career would end as following. He was a 12-time All-Star, NBA All-Rookie, made the NBA All-Rookie team, a three-time NBA All-NBA First Team, three-time Second Team, two-time uh, NBA Defensive Second Team. He was a scoring leader in 1969, two-time rebounding leader. His number 11 is retired by the Wizards, and he nice. won a championship in 1978. In his 16-year career, Hayes missed nine games Sheesh. and played in 1,303. Now that's impressive. That is an insane statistic. The best ability is availability. He played... Saying it for years. He played 50... <laughs> he Tell played Kyrie. <laughs> or Kevin Durant. Or Maybe. Kawhi. Katie gets a pass. Okay. Katie gets a pass. Yeah. Because when he is healthy, he's, he's got. That's true. And LaMarcus Aldridge also get a pass. He's coming back. He is coming back. Why thing. are we giving LaMarcus Aldridge a pass? That's his heart died? Thing. Yeah, but... That's not his All right. fault. Well, it's his heart. <laughs> he can't rehab his heart. Who should we blame? <laughs> God. Ooh. Mm, seems iffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather blame the man. I abstain. <laughs> At Hayes' retirement... He had played and logged exactly 50,000 minutes. That's nice. With, yeah, I oh don't know, it's Do you think he planned clean. that? He was like, 
Wait, wait. Okay, take that. I need to get out of the code. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> With 27,313 points scored, Hayes is the Wizards franchise leader in points at 15,551. He's also top three or higher in minutes, steals, blocks, and rebounds in the Wizards franchise. With 29,218 minutes, which is second. Uh, 9,305 rebounds, which is second. 736 steals, which is third all-time. Nice. Above Bradley Beal at the moment. And 1,558 blocks, which is first all-time for the Wizards. All of this could have been with the Rockets in Houston, but due to team chemistry issues and concerns for their future, the Rockets traded him away in his prime and did not have a winning season until a decade after drafting Hayes. Ooh, that's rough. Devil's advocate for him, though. I don't know that he is. Does do the same thing for Houston because they get a lot of good big man down the pipeline. <laughs> oh yeah, later on. no, he'd be like fourth or fifth in line. Yeah, at least. They Just, never seem to know what to do with them, though. You know, no, no, going from, you know, least to greatest. You got Yao, Great. you got uh, Yao. Moses, and yeah. then you got Hakeem, Hakeem. the Dream, Elijahwan. So he's going to be at least fourth on all those <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> Houston and their big men. and But they did botch this. They botched they did. hard. They did. Because they were so bad from the 60s into the 70s. Well, that's Lord what happens 70s. when you start off in San Diego. San Diego. Well, now that Westover's presented one of the worst moves in NBA history, we're going to be presenting our own, you know, opinions, thoughts, concerns, ideas... Really, it's just an open mic night. Yeah. For uh, directed at a very specific audience. Yes. Uh, those GMs we think need our help. Who do need our help? Actually, they do. I'll go so far as to just absolutely say they need it. Yep. Um, Westover, kick us off. All right. My dear GM, this week goes out to LA Lakers GM LeBron James. I mean, <laughs> Rob Palinka. Good one. That's classic comedy right there. Never gets old. <laughs> LeBron, what are you doing? Like, what do you yeah, mean? he's assembled the perfect team. He's probably playing basketball. It's really fun to play sports with your friends, and I bet getting paid millions and millions while doing it has got to be great. But at what cost? There's a hundred and twenty point six million dollars in salary taken up by three players on this roster. That's all you need. There are currently seven players on the roster taking the veteran minimum. And then when you look it up online, there are three players that don't even have a salary recorded right now. Are they playing for free since it's a chance to play with LeBron and wear a Lakers jersey? No, they just Um, want the ring. The Western Conference is insane. And sure, there's something to the idea of one last ride and the idea of maybe old man strength kind of carrying them through. Old man strength! But what about the future of the team beyond, like, the next two years? There is no future. After the, after the next season's first-round pick, you don't have a first until 2026. And most of your picks are just owned by other people now. Yep. Yep. Uh, you've traded away pretty much all your young stars to build your team around and, like, grow. Uh-huh. Anthony Davis is only 28, but injuries constantly yes. keep him sidelined. <laughs> uh, if that's your planned future beyond LeBron... You're in trouble. That's not great. If you guys don't win a chip this year, 
or maybe next year, are any of these moves going to be worth it at the end of the line? No. No. They have, to, they have to win at least one more championship. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. <sighs> My dear GM this week goes out to Sacramento Kings GM, Monty McNair. Ooh. Hey. Monty, dude, the Kings are a sad franchise. Yes. They've been at the bottom of the Western Conference standings for over a decade. You guys haven't had a winning season since 05 06. Oh, no. Which was also the last time you made the playoffs. Look, I know you've got it rough. You're in a division with Golden State, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Suns, all of which made the playoffs last year. Ah. The good news is, I think you've got a good core. Darren Fox is only 23, Marvin Bagley is 22, Therese Halliburton is 21 and showing great potential. I also like the pickup of Davion Mitchell in this year's draft. Yeah. But I still think you guys need a little bit more time in the oven. So, I'm suggesting you trade some of the cap weight you're carrying around. My suggestion would be your small forward, Harrison Barnes. Great. Barnes is a solid player that can make a big difference on a team, that uh, on a playoff team, trying to make it to that next level. I'm thinking teams like Dallas or even the Nuggets. Mm. He would be a good contributor to those gold. Uh, he was a good contributor to those Golden State teams pre Kevin Durant, and I think you guys could get some good draft stock for him. That you could continue to invest, continue to bring up your players, and maybe you know win some games. More than four. Is, isn't Dallas where Harrison Barnes went to after? Yep. Golden State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring it back, reunion. There you Run go. it back. Although, hot take, I don't think the Mavericks are really a championship contending oh, team. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 they no. Need, they it's just Luke. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> they need to do something with Kristaps, get yeah. him back in form, or trade get him send, somewhere else. Send him to Golden State. There you go. <laughs> this week, I'm addressing GM of the Pacers, Chad Buchanan. Chad, here we are again. Ah. I'm pretty sure I've talked to you about this issue before, but if not, buckle up. Round and round the merry-go-round goes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need both Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. Yes, they are both talented big men, and they're young, with differing skill sets, but it's become apparent those skill sets aren't different enough to be wholly cohesive on the court. The pairing shared the court for over a thousand minutes last season and ended up with a negative point differential. Oh no! You should move off one now while they still have full trade value, because it's not like you're trading them because of performance, it's just cohesion. Yep. You should trade Miles Turner. Mostly because Sabonis is a better option for your team, he just made the all-star team, Mm -hmm. and he can just do more things. If you transition Sabonis into a full-time center role, he could give you a poor man's version of Nikola Jokic, allowing you to convert your forward spots into more wing positions. I think you should trade Miles Turner to the Celtics in a package aimed at getting Jalen Brown. You'd have to throw in a pick and someone like Jeremy Lamb to make the cap work, but both sides would benefit. The Celtics are in a similar boat with positional redundancy and could use the versatility of someone like Turner. Oh yeah. As for you, you would have a deadly starting lineup from the perimeter with Brogdon, Levert, Brown, Warren, and Sabonis. This move upgrades your team while also breaking up the logjam caused by playing both big men. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. I think they take a little bit of a hit on defense um, yeah. just because 
He's a good rim protector. Because TJ Warren can play power forward offensively. Defensively, you're getting a little bit limited. And Sabonis isn't as good of a defender as Miles Turner. For sure. But you're going full tail offense. Offense. Um, Shoot up. And if you could bring in a few cheaper options onto the bench, like losing Jeremy Lamb would kind of suck. Um, but if you could bring in a few solid rotational guys on the bench, then you're really cooking. And as long as Levert comes back, you know, fully Full healthy, yep. you guys should be good. But yeah, that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. And the words of Jack Marin, quote, Look, it was only a year and a half, but I got my wife and I learned how to golf in Houston. I think it was a good trade, unquote. That's wholesome. (laughs) That's wholesome content. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and remember, this was mismanaged. Charmander, I choose you! There it is. Nailed it. That was nice. (laughs) That was nice. (laughs)